This is the Stop Time Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Hopkins, and I'm here to engage you in thought-provoking motivational conversations around practicing the art of living in the moment. I'm a certified life coach, and I'm excited to dig deep and offer insights into embracing who we are and where we are at. My next guest is a two-time Emmy Award winner and seven-time Emmy nominee. She is a world-class director, producer, choreographer known for her groundbreaking work as a producer and choreographer on the global television hit, So You Think You Can Dance. Her highly acclaimed choreography can be seen throughout Damien Chazelle's original movie musical, La La Land, which is the recipient of seven Golden Globe Awards and six Academy Awards. Her work has been featured in Oscar-nominated films, American Hustle, uh, Silver Linings Playbook, Did You Hear About the Morgans, to name a few. She is a choreographer. She's a producer, a guest judge for ABC's long-running television show, Dancing with the Stars, and made history by being the first choreographer to choreograph for the Golden Globe Awards, Academy Awards, the Grammy Awards, and Emmy Awards in the same year. That was a bit of a busy year for you, girlfriend. (laughs) She is currently the producer and choreographer for NBC's new hit series, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. And it is with the greatest pleasure that I welcome Mandy Moore to Stop Time today. Mandy, welcome. Ah, uh, Lisa, this is awesome. You say all that, and I kind of start sweating a little bit, honestly. I'm like, did that all happen? It did. <laughs> no kidding, right? Sometimes to yeah. hear it back, it's kind of like, hey, how does that feel, honestly? That, let's just jump right in there. I know. Well, hey, let's just get into it. I mean, I think a lot of creators probably feel this way. You just do what you do, right? Like every job that you get, every kind of moment that you have to connect or create, it's a very personal experience. So you, you just do it day by day as if, you know, I'm I'm not, sometimes I don't think I'm consciously thinking about what I'm creating. So then when it finishes and then to hear you say all those things that I've done, it just feels weird because I'm like, well, yeah, I did those things because they were my everyday existence. But then you also have this world of like, oh no, that was like kind of big thing. Like people really liked that movie or, you know, a lot of people saw that or, you know, you win an Emmy. Like it's a very odd experience to, to both live in something like so day to day and be so connected to it, but then also have other people go like, Hey, that's cool. What you do, you know, cause you're like, well, I do it if you liked it or if you didn't. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm into either one, honestly. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I'm always so curious, like, you know, that the imposter syndrome comes up for a lot of, a lot of my clients, you know, with like, you know, they've accomplished so much and then you get to the next thing and you get it because you deserve to get the gig, but then you kind of go, shit how did I do that? Does that ever come up for you? Are you kidding me, Lisa? This is every day of my life. Like it, <laughs> it, yeah, a couple of my friends and I, like we, other choreographers, we talk about this, that it's like, you think that you don't know how to choreograph every job you get. You know, it's like, even if coming straight off of La La Land, a huge job and people are like, how did you do that opening number? And you just think like, I don't know, I just did it because you do it. And then the next job, I literally think, okay, yeah, this is the one. This is the one where everyone's going to figure out she has no clue what she's doing. Because it's like every time you're reinventing, which is the beauty and like the challenge of all of it is like, I call it going into battle. I feel like I have to get myself ready for battle every time I start a new job because it's like you go through it as a creator. You know, there's there's no formula for it. You know, I wish sometimes it was easy, you know, and I could say, well, if I do this, this, and this, it's going to happen like this, just like it did on the last job. But- choreography and creation. And I think choreography, especially it's, 
it's new each and every time. You know, we're as choreographers creating things that have never existed before. You know, we're not taking a song that's already existed and reworking it and making it a cover. Or, you know, we're not taking the structure and the mathematics of a building. And again, not to minimize anyone else's, you know, creative process, but I think choreography is such an interesting beast in that way that you're lit, you're creating from nothing every time. And you're creating from what you perceive your job to be or what someone's told you, you know, a director or the script or the music, whatever it's, however it speaks to you. And then it's all about you, that kind of creation coming through you, you and your experience. And because you change every day, it changes every day. Mm -hmm. And that's scary. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not because you can't just say like, well, I've done 45 numbers. And I'm, even though I know, like, I know how to choreograph, I know how to run a room. I know how to go from A to B to C. It's every time, you know, I, I always laugh because I'm like, I'm sweating already. It's true. Like the minute yeah. I get a job, I'm like, yes, but I'm sweating. I'm stressed. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's perfectly, I mean, as you said, that's so perfectly normal. I'm curious to know, like, if you didn't feel like that, what would come up for you? Right. Um, big one. You know, I have had a couple of jobs in my life, very few, like I want to say maybe two that I didn't feel that. And I, uh, you know, also like, that's not like me to quit or to not see something through. I'm a very like, see it through person from my parents. I, you know, I remember I tried to quit basketball when I was in <laughs> 10th grade and my dad said, you will not, you will see this through because you, you know, you said you would be a part of this team and great lesson. And he's exactly right. But I think there's been two jobs in my life ever that I quit. And it was because I, I just didn't feel it. I wasn't in it. You know, I didn't think that I was the right person for the job. Honestly, it all kind of went down to that. Cause you just didn't get that feeling inside. It was more of a dread inside instead mm -hmm. of that kind of, um, it, it's like bubbly. It's like when something boils, you feel it inside. You're nervous because you want to do a good job. But if you're feeling dread, I think that's, you know, a really, you got to listen to yourself, right? With that stuff, which is hard learning yeah. how to listen to myself. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. That's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, like you said, it's a visceral feeling that kind of, it's an intuition, right? It's, yeah. And if you listen to it, it's going to sort of, the body knows the score, as they say, right? I mean, it really, Ugh, yeah. it really does. And I think as dancers too, we know this just as choreographers and dancers are also so in tune with every little thing we feel. Yeah. And so like, if you're feeling, yeah, it's like this weird dread that you kind of go like, Oh, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. You know? And having yeah. the like confidence to say, Hey, I can't do this. Like that's mm -hmm. a really hard thing too. I think. Absolutely. I mean, that's a strength. Yeah. It's, it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. No, good for you. And, you know, I mean, you're, you're honoring a value of yours right there, aren't you? I mean, what, what value would you say you're honoring by doing that? By saying no. I mean, probably listening to myself or just being like, okay, that for me, this isn't right, which I think is also a really hard thing. Cause sometimes that can be perceived. I think for me as like selfish to say like, well, for me, it's not right. But mm. sometimes it's okay. I think to be selfish because mm. I think you give a lot also as a, and as, as a human, but also as a choreographer and creator and coach, you give a lot. So yeah. sometimes it's important, I think, to, to give back to yourself and say like, no, it's not right for me right now. Yeah. doesn't mean it can't be right for somebody else at another time or even me at another time, but right now it's not. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, that makes perfect sense. And you, you strike me as someone who, <laughs> as busy as you, as you seem to have been in your career so far, um, sees possibility everywhere and gets lots of opportunities, right? So it sounds like it probably doesn't happen that often. My mom said something to me too, is I have amazing parents, first of mm. all, like good job, Bob and Wendy. They did a really great <laughs> job with me. So Shout out to Bob, and Wendy. Yes, Bob and Wendy rock. But I remember my mom saying to me, you know, 
as, as, as a young kid, cause I also just was a really active kid, you know, like mm. I really did a lot of things. I played sports and I loved school and I did dance and, you know, I just was a really active kid. And, you know, even at a young age, I had a hard time saying no. And my mom always said, you know, let, like, let's keep all the doors open until you have to close one. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking as a kid, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Cause it's true. I see the possibility everywhere. It's, it's not just, you know, if, if somebody comes, you know, ask me to teach at their studio, I see that as, as much of a possibility and an opportunity as someone asking me to choreograph a feature film. To me, they're all opportunities to share. Mm. And I think that's what really drives me in life is the ability to like share and connect with people. And so that happens on so many different levels and in so many different ways. And I, yeah, I do think that's why my career has been so like all over the place, like everything. I feel like I've done all these different kinds of things and really had the opportunity to do so, so many different kinds of things. Yeah, that's, a bit, that's really, really cool. And, you know, you're really speaking to the idea that, you know, sometimes we, we get lost in, the, in whatever the thing is, right? No matter what you do. But, you know, we, we learn once we get to these places that it, it's not that, right? It's, it, there's a deeper connection to what, the why we do things, right? Yeah. And to, to the value that is being served and the, yeah. In us. And the journey to get there. I think yeah. that's the big one too. My dad used to tell me all the time. He's like, man, it's not about getting there. It's about the journey. And I'd be like, yeah, whatever. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's just about getting there, you know? And totally. Just, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, as you get older, you get hopefully a little bit smarter and he's so right. You know, it's, it's not about winning the Emmy for me. It's about the journey that got me there. And so then when, when I did, it was, it was that much sweeter. And honestly, it didn't even matter. I was like, well, that's cool. Thanks. That's amazing that somebody thought to vote for me for that. But yeah. the flood of memory that comes, you know, back to you in that moment. And you're just so grateful for the thousands of hours of, you know, working with dancers or being yeah. asked to go do, you know, something on So You Think and, the, you know, million times you kind of failed and you sucked that also is a part of that amazing journey of the, you know, getting to the so-called win as well, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's the, I mean, the acknowledgement and validation is very important, but it's not the goal, right? (laughs) You know, which is why, you know, you probably were a little bit sidewinded by it and kind of like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) It was. Literally, I had no idea that my first one, I like... I still laugh because I thought for sure Travis was going to win. I was just like so excited for him. He's a dear friend. You know, it's like, I just, I'm also this weird, like super excited for people. Yeah. And then they called my name and I was just like, huh? Like I didn't even, <laughs> didn't even fathom that that was even a possibility. I hadn't even put that into my head. So yeah. I don't know. Uh-huh. That happens a lot in life, you know, just the little wins you get. It's not, you know, yeah, you just kind of go off when you're doing your thing. Totally. No, totally. So where are you spending most of your time these days? Mm. Well, I'm in Canada, in Yay. Vancouver, beautiful Canada. I love it. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm currently shooting season two of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Um, as you said in the beginning, I, you know, I'm producing and directing, or producing and choreographing, possible directing. Aha, uh-huh, a little slip there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll see where that goes. But yes, and it's, it's awesome. It is a really tough job. Um, the workload is incredible. The, yeah. The creation is incredible. Uh, I love the tone of the show. You know, it's really, I feel like I'm firing on all cylinders in mm-hmm. this job, which is nice, you know, so it, it, it challenges me in, in my brain, not only my body and my heart, but my brain. Yep. And I really appreciate that. And I love that. So I'm so curious to know, like, how, how has the pandemic affected your rhythm and energy in your world? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, good question. Um, let's see. I think, you know, initially when it hit, I, I think I was very similar to most people. You know, I felt tackled from the side from this mm-hmm. thing. And um, I had a really heavy heart for my community and my people. You know, I personally, I was lucky enough to work all through the pandemic. I don't know how that happened, but I, you know, it hit and I had about a week, uh, you know, all my jobs for the next, you know, two years went away. Mm-hmm. And so that was, of course, terrifying, you know, because yeah. you think, wow, I'm, you know, not that I am my work, but I don't have anything. I don't have another skill set, you know, like other than I love people and I can work with people. And I'm like, hey, I can go be a Amazon shopper if I need to. I mean, it was not like I was like, I can't work. But, you know, the thing that I've trained my whole life to do was just not needed anymore. So mm-hmm. that was a very... I think interesting thing to kind of wrap my head around. Like, I don't think I've ever felt so non-essential, mm. <laughs> you know, and it's like all this talk of essential workers and everything. And I was just like, wow, maybe I did the wrong, you know, I took the mm. wrong path. Maybe I should have gone into something like that. And so there's a bit of doubt for sure. And that I had to work through. And luckily I was with my sister and we had a lot of late night chats about just what are we going to do? And, you know, funny enough, like a weekend, I got calls because all that stuff started with, you know, doing shooting commercials and shows via zoom. And mm-hmm. so personally I was very lucky to work, but the entire time I just had such a heavy heart for the people that create and the people that perform and the people that entertain and all the people that have lost their jobs. Like I'm stressed to pay my bills and I'm working. So like, how are they paying their bills? How are they eating? How are their brains? Like I just really had a super heavy like soul for a long time about it and still do, honestly. Like I feel like I'm trying to figure out ways to hire dancers or hire choreographers to do things that, mm. you know, to fill the space, to give it their time, you know, anything to connect. Cause yeah. you take away that ability to be in person and all all these dancers, creators, choreographers, entertainers. We strive, that's what we do is we get in a room and we all do this thing and we perform for people and, and that being gone, I just, I could feel it everywhere. I got up here in August and have been super work mode and and very grateful to be working, but it's still, you know, talking to friends who are like, I, you know, had to move home or, you know, Mm -hmm. kids that had just moved to LA that they're like, well, I don't know. I'm going to go move back with my parents because I don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's brutal for it to be just like the rug ripped out. I just mm-hmm. feel for them. Yeah, no, absolutely. What would you say is the, the biggest challenge you personally have faced since the pandemic? I mean, honestly, I felt a lot of guilt for working. Mm. I don't know if it's weird, but I just, I think that was a big challenge for me is yeah. here I see everyone around me that's not. Yep. And so, you know, it felt... <sighs> I'm almost maybe a little self-centered. So there were times where I was like, I just didn't want anyone to know I was working because I felt mm-hmm. guilty, you know? And I was yeah. like, hmm, that's an interesting thing to unpack. Why? You know? And then I thought, well, I guess what I can do is I can share, right? Like that's what I can do is if I, I if I'm working and I have some money, I can, you know, donate to something or I can frequent a small business or I can give to a scholarship fund or Cause I'm lucky I, I am working right now, so I can, you know, and I, yeah. I was trying to, or give of my time, give of my spirit, give of, you know, whatever that is. Um, but yeah. that was an interesting thing to deal with. I was like, Oh, I didn't see that coming. Strange. Yeah. No, 100%. And, and it's so interesting because all those things you said are so valid and so wonderful, right? That you were able to put it to action and think, well, how, you know, okay, I see it. Uh, this, I'm feeling this way. Why? 
what can I do? And I just want to point out, it's kind of interesting that by working, how is that not giving back? I mean, the work you do. True. Very true. I mean, I think I finally started to wrap my head around that when I got into, you know, up here in um, Vancouver and actually Mm -hmm. started working and just seeing people's faces, you know, and like, I mean, even though it's only half their face, by the way, because we wear masks 14 (laughs) hours a day. um, And that is brutal. Oh my God. I think there's not enough oxygen to my brain. I mean, even after 14 hours, I'm like, oh, whoa. But um, yeah, just even that little bit of connection and, and create like creation and knowing that what we've created is going to go into people's homes, you know, in January and hopefully put a smile on their face or make them cry or like make them have something to look forward to. Uh, You know, I I think that's, it's nice. Yeah. Like I I think I finally got around to that point once I got up here and I started working, um, you know, here on Zoe's. Yeah. Yeah. And it it sounds like it's a little bit difficult for you maybe because, um, and you know, jump in and tell me if this isn't true, but it, it sounds like maybe it's a little bit difficult for you to, to accept that because you're a very in the room sort of person. And so, although in your head, you understand that people are going to be watching and liking and smiling it, you're not seeing them liking and hearing and smiling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think as a teacher, you probably feel this too. Mm -hmm. Like the teaching, I love to do the sharing, but it's actually the receiving funny enough that I love more than anything. It's just seeing people's faces and seeing their bodies learn it and having that aha moment or that just, moment of connection and exchange. What is your definition of living in the moment? I guess my definition of living in the moment is not remembering that I was in the moment. (laughs) I don't know if that that makes any sense, but I feel like when I look back at moments, when I think I was living in the moment, I don't remember them. And I think it's because I was so fully present that I wasn't clocking any of it in any sort of a way. Like I wasn't really going like, oh, I feel this. I was wearing that. I smelt this. I, you know, like, I think it's like a very visceral experience living in the moments for me. And it feels very peaceful and not in my head. Mm -hmm. I'm present, but it's all moving through me. You know, I'm not worried about where, what happened before. And I'm not worried about what's going to happen. I'm just... It just is here. It just yeah. is. Yeah. 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 I'm going to ask you too. Like, I wonder if, you know, I, I spent a lot of my time as a creator, right? Like, so most of my life is creation. Yep. Yep. And I, a couple, probably my like mid thirties, I started to really think back to like moments that I felt most present. And a lot of them, they were during moments when I was creating. And I remember my mom, I think I asked me like, well, how do you come up with that stuff? And I remember really spending time thinking about that, like, I have no idea. I don't remember it. I don't know how I did it. You know, I really was never a conscious moment. All I remember is of that moment creating, feeling like it just was. And it, I don't, it was never hard to create. It wasn't something I was just like laughing all the way through. It was just very oddly, this kind of blank space and time or something that I just like, it's like, it happened. Yep. I don't remember. It's really weird. It's like out of body or something. It's very crazy. Yeah. No, I don't think it's crazy at all. I mean, I think it's literally trusting the process, right? Uh-huh. So, so it sounds to me like, you know, you've, you've demonstrated that, you know, when you get a gig, you go, yay, I got the gig, right? It's like you get an audition, you get a whatever, you get an opportunity. We all love opportunities because there's so much potential energy around that to tell everybody and not, not from an ego way, but just it's validation, right? It's like, oh, right. I got it. Right. And then you're alone in your room. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> right. And there's that moment where you're like, okay, 
talk to me about that moment before you create something that was never there before, you know, but that you just, you know, it's going to happen when you open the floodgates. I'm just so like, what's that moment feel like for you? Like if I were to put a picture to it, yeah. it, it reminds me of when I was little and I'd be outside playing in June in Colorado and the thunderstorms would roll in and they come in fast and they come in dark. And so for me, a lot of the initial like feeling right before I'm like going to dive into the creation is this like thundercloud of like lightning and like I can feel it coming. It's powerful. It's coming at me, like it's going to happen. And then all of a sudden I just feel like I like dive in and then I don't know what happens for days and or hours or whatever it is, however long that process yeah. is. And then I come up for air sometimes and then I just dive right back in and then I, like the job finishes. And I usually have a, a, a kind of a morning period, I would say yep. after a job for sure you know, when I come out of that kind of creation mode or whatever the situation was, you do have an odd moment of like not really understanding what's going on or like how to kind of navigate real life because <laughs> you've yes. just been swimming for a long time. And, and then you get spit out of this like thunder cloud or something. And it takes a moment to kind of come back down to earth. I've learned I've gotten better at that, but for a long time, I never even came down between jobs. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful metaphor. I could just feel it. The, the thunderstorm. And the, that was beautiful. I've and, actually never said that before, Lisa. Oh, yes, you, it's, awesome. You helped me find the words. Yes. Yeah. No, it, it, it's, um, it's visceral. I, I feel the energy. I feel the combination of warm and cool, you know, the, the, the premonition of what's to come. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's almost like, you know, you know, when your stomach is rumbling for something hungry. Yeah. And then you find Ooh. it. Yes. That's a good one. <laughs> Do you know yes, what I mean? Yes, totally. It's like it's satisfied for that brief moment. Yeah. It's like, or like, you know, you know, suddenly know what you want. Yes. And maybe that's where you jump in. And then maybe, maybe that moment where you wake up after your, after your, you know, so you jump into the storm and you do it. And that moment you were describing when you were like, what the hell just happened when you, the morning period, maybe that is because maybe, let me ask you this question. Here's the coaching mm. question. Oh, I love. What if you were able to digest it more slowly? Mm. Oh, that's good. Because that's also in life. I also eat too fast just normally. So yeah. this is really a good one to think about. Sometimes it feels like my existence can feel like a Pac-Man or a Miss Pac-Man where it's like, you're just eating it up, eating it up, eating exactly. it up. Yep. And then you get like a really big one and you grow bigger and then it go eat, 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 eat. And then you run into a wall and you're done. Yeah. You know? And I think that's, I don't know where I, it's definitely a learned behavior. I think part of it is my personality. I'm just yep. always going to be kind of, you know, I'm, I'm fast moving. I like things going, blah, 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 blah. But I think there is a, I hope in this next chapter of my life, I've been thinking about this. It's funny we're talking about this because I've been thinking about it. Um, yeah. You know, I want to, yeah, it's like savoring those moments in a way mm -hmm. and understanding that even if I'm savoring, it doesn't like uh, diminish or lessen what it is, mm -hmm. you know, and also this all goes along with like saying no, you know, taking on projects, taking on situations, living through experiences that are more fulfilling and better for me. Yep. than just eating my way through whatever they are just because of fear that I won't have them or just because I don't want to say no. I don't want to disappoint somebody or, you know. Totally. It makes perfect yes. sense. What you're saying to me makes 
absolute sense. It sounds like, yeah, there's, there's some limiting beliefs that, that you're buying into that maybe you set up for yourself when you were young that helped you, mm-hmm. like when you were starting out, that now you're still living by and you're going, wait, these are not serving me. I don't <laughs> right. have to say yes all the time. You know, I was going to ask permission to share this um, from the questionnaire. The question, um, well, first of all, is it, is it okay if I share something? Yeah. Okay, great. So um, I, asked, uh, I asked, what if anything do you think stands between you and who you want to be? And you said the inability to say no. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, tell me more about that. What would be different if you could say no? I think that... I would feel okay with people being disappointed or my perception of them being disappointed. Cause that's a whole nother thing Yep, is, you know, by me saying, no, I'm assuming that they're going to be disappointed because it all comes back. I mean, I think it all comes down to like a deep seated. I just want to be loved. Right. Like that's where it comes from. It's like, I just want to be okay. I want, I don't want anyone to be mad at me. I'm a good kid, a good egg. You know, it all comes from that. I also feel like I'm so grateful to have opportunities. And, and when I say no to something, I feel like I'm slapping that in the face in some way. Mm. And so I think it's more about, for me, it's about deciphering what glove I fit into and saying yes to those things and being okay with the fact that I maybe don't fit into a different kind of a glove mm. and that it's okay for me to tell the other people that have that glove, I'm actually not the person to fit into this glove. Mm. But it's not that I don't want to do the thing. It's just that there's probably somebody better suited. I love all of it. (laughs) So I really do want to say yes all the time, but I also know for my health, I can't. For my brain, I can't. I'm also a big believer that if I'm not right, somebody else is. The question was, um, what, if anything, do you think stands between you and who you want to be? Mm -hmm. And you said the inability to say no, and you've, you've explained that why. You know, there's a lot of compassion in there and all that. But what you haven't really told me is, Okay. So who do you want to be? Oh, that's a good one. Just see. I feel like I want to be more present in all areas of my life. A lot of times my kind of world tips into like, I'm really great in work. Yep. I'm pretty great with my family, my mom and my dad and my sister. My dating life is none. So that's a huge one for me. You know, it's just like finding, like being more present and open to finding a husband, a partner, a boyfriend, any of that. And I found like in the last definitely like 10 years, I think in my life, I've realized, okay, well, can't happen if I work 14 hours a day, (laughs) you know, and I'm like face down on a Saturday because I'm so tired from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. And that would kind of fill out my existence here being open and not only like with my time, but probably my energy too, to finding a life partner like to me like that's the one that's where i need to like fill out that piece of pie or that little part of the you know yeah. pie chart yeah no that makes sense yeah. thank you for sharing that yeah no i mean yeah. it's um look you're looking for for balance really right i mean yes. you've you've been very <laughs> you've been very focused and you've had lots of great relationships in your work and in your life with your yes. family and it sounds like, yeah, that, that there's, there's room or potentially room if you were to say no, as you said, occasionally <laughs> to, yes. uh, right. Connecting it back to that, to, <laughs> to, to building a little bit more who you want to be. So it's not that you want to change. I'm not hearing that I need to change. You're thinking, oh, I'm ready now. I'm feeling yeah. like ready to just sort of peel the onion back a little bit and, um, and maybe try something. 
Add a little spice, let's say. Keep mad. I mean, come on. I'm never mad at a little spice up in my life. <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> so, on the, so on the Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which I haven't seen since we were chatting today, I was, I was looking it up and man, that looks so good. Oh, it's so, so fun. So Zoe understands people's emotions through dance, right? Yeah. And, and so, heart, these heart songs, right? Like, so she understands people's, what they're feeling inside. Yeah. Dance and song. So I wanted to ask you, so if someone had the superpower to read your unspoken story or internal monologue, <laughs> dun, 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 what song would that be and why? I mean, first of all, it would depend on the moment of the day and of where course, it was for sure, you know, but I mean, I think most people would think that I'm emotional. Like I am, a, like, you know, I'm also a very like high frequency person, right? I think mm-hmm. I'm, I really love to laugh. I'm a big personality. I want people to feel accepted and loved in my presence, you know? So I'm very like, feel like open arms, like, you know, hugging everyone in whenever they're around me. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe people would be surprised to know that like, I probably have some sad heart songs in there, <laughs> you know, but I also have on the other side of it, like some ACDC, like rock and roll shit or something. Cause like I also have this part of me inside that I don't think a lot of people know that I'm like a little bit of a rebel and a rascal, you know? And I, I think that might be an interesting thing for people. Cause I think they kind of probably think I'm a little, you know, calm, collected, like I'm classy. I got my thing, but then I also just, you know, maybe like a free bird or something, yeah. <laughs> you know, like a motorcycle rock and roll song. I don't know. Totally. Um, Cause I don't always show that part of me, you know? So maybe yeah. that would be something that people wouldn't know about me inside. And I don't know where that comes from. There's like a little bit of a rebel in there. I like to break the rules. I love that. <laughs> no, it's, it's so funny because just from my perspective, if you're interested, just to like feedback yeah. to you. What was coming up for me is that, as I said, you know, again, and this is kind of cool because we don't know each other. So um, you strike me as a massively compassionate person that you really come from a heart space. I mean, you're obviously a very successful human being and you're very talented. I mean, that's all a given, but, but you are a very compassionate person. And from my point of view, it seems like you don't defer what you do or how you do it, certainly with your work. Um, but you do make choices about how you do stuff because you take it through the lens of not hurting somebody else or realizing there are always other opportunities and ways that I can do things that maybe won't hurt a person. But it strikes me that your main lens is that, is that mm-hmm. I, I will shift, not, and it's an internal shift. It's not something anyone else will notice, but you make your own choices within yourself. Is that, does that oh, sound? Oh, Yes. You hit the nail on the head, my friend. And you know where I think this comes from? It's like I can pinpoint the moment it came from. I remember when I was maybe 18 or 19, actually, and I'd moved to LA and everyone was really into the horoscopes, you know, and like the Zodiac, <laughs> right? And so I'm an Aries and my roommate at the time was really into it. I mean, we would spend hours at night. Like I remember he would read things about Aries and I'd just be like, I don't want to be an Aries. Like, you know, and I remember thinking so many of the traits, I'd be like, well, I don't want to be that person. Like, I don't want to be bossy. I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to be like all these things that like we're being read about, about as an Aries. And it's been a conscious thing for me. Uh, Like I would say through my, definitely since then that I celebrate who I am and like my, 
my initial thoughts about things, but I also really try to keep myself in check because I know that when under pressure, under stress or under emotion, I can come out like a dragon and I can, I have the ability to lash out and I just don't do it because I know it doesn't really benefit anybody. And I don't like that part of myself. So Mm -hmm. I just always feel like I, I wouldn't say necessarily like it's a bad thing, but I for sure keep myself in check. And so there's like a restraint. So that's probably where this like idea of this rock and roll heart song comes from that, you know, sometimes I just want to be like, you know, but I know that that doesn't benefit anyone. And I work my way, I work that out in other ways in my life, you know, by, by creating or by, by singing, by screaming by myself. Totally (laughs) just singing. Honestly, almost like a celebration of self. Yeah. So, so you brought out, it's interesting because you, you pointed out the anger, but again, you're thinking about not being not nice to people and you don't want to be like that. So that's awesome. And that's great that you have that in check. I would push you further to say, yeah, but what about, what about the, you know, the super rock hero in there that wants to truly celebrate yourself, not an ego, but just like celebrate right. that side of yourself, right? Um, which is balanced with the, the very other song that you chose, right? Which is that beautiful, like sadness. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be sad because you don't want people to have to take care of you because you're always the one taking care of them. <laughs> On the nose again, Lisa. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you should do this as a profession. <laughs> oh my God. What inspires you to get up in the morning? Ah, uh, life. I love life. The, the every day inspires me to get up. You know, I've never been the person that, uh, and this just comes from being a little kid. Hmm. I can get knocked down 105 times and the next day I wake up and it's like, it never happened. I've always been very resilient and I really love life. I love the ups and downs. I love the laughter, the sadness. I love the un- being unsure. I love creating. I love music. I get to dance all day, every day, you know? So for me, yeah. that's, that's why I get up. What keeps you up at night? I think the only thing that would keep me up at night would be if I felt like I behaved in a way that was miscommunicated to somebody and I didn't say something like, I feel bad. If I feel like somebody perceives something I said or did in a way that may have upset them, you know, and sometimes then I'll be like, man, I got to go talk to them tomorrow. That's really the only kinds of things. Wow. That's, that's, I'm saying wow, because A, that's awesome. I mean, but I'm saying wow, because- Okay, if I'm hearing you correctly, you work hard, you play hard. Yeah. So you, you, you work really hard, you love life, you get up in the morning, you go full throttle, so you, you play full out, and then you crash and burn. And the only thing that really keeps you up is if maybe something you have done to somebody else or said something to somebody else might have crossed a line or, or made you be that Aries person that you hate. <laughs> Yeah. Am I, am I or that you? I was playing, yes, you're exactly right. Or I was playing so full out that in my full outness, it maybe hurt somebody's feelings and I didn't even know. I don't think I have a malicious bone in my body. Mm. I would never consciously say something or do something to hurt someone or to mm-hmm. disappoint someone or to like brush them off. It's just that because I'm moving a million miles an hour, sometimes yep. I don't know that I did that. And then I feel awful afterwards. <laughs> totally. And that, that really speaks to what you shared earlier about how you're kind of looking for not slowing down, but, that, that, but rather tasting everything, adding different spices to, to the menu and having room for it. You've had, if, if we want to do this, I don't know why we're talking about food. I guess I'm hungry. But like <laughs> this, this, this metaphor of like your life has been very full. Like if you think of it like a big stew, right? It's full and it's bubbling most of the time. Yeah. 
right? You boil faster because you don't say no. You put all this stuff in which, and in, in order for it not to overflow, you have to boil the hell out of it so that it condenses. Yep. And what you're looking for, it sounds like, is to be on a more steady simmer where you can pick and choose different spices and different flavors to add to it and yet still yeah. have this real solid pot of, of deliciousness in your life. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And choose the things. Yes. Exactly. Choose the Instead of being like, it's got to be this, this, this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it makes sense that it makes perfect sense that you operate that way because you probably, that's probably how you got to your to your success. So, oh, so sure. there's going to be a real comfortability about, well, this is how I do it. <laughs> you know, you're trying to do everything. It's true. I'm like either a hundred miles an hour. I'm like face down zero. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know how to do 30. But, I don't know how to do a Sunday drive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if it's something you're excited about, does that keep you up or do you stay up? Ooh, good question. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I'm with you. Like I, I wouldn't say I stay up, but I get up. Yeah. So if I'm excited about something, I'll be up at 4am. What do you know will be true about you no matter what happens? I think I'll always be good. No matter what, like I'm always going to be good. I'll figure it out. You, by good, you mean you're always going to be okay? Yeah. I feel like I've learned that even in the lowest or the highest, it's still all going to come back to like the middle, <laughs> you know, like I'm good. Huh. I'm okay. This chapter of my life, I've been trying to really live the highs and really live the lows. Cause I think naturally I've got a lot of highs and lows in life or like mm -hmm. a lot of success. And then things that are like, Ooh, that's rough. That hurts or a little right. heartbreak. And then, so I feel like I, because of this full outness, I live a lot of highs and lows. Sure. And there was a time that I think that was really hard for me. So I just kind of lived in the nothing. Like I was just in the straight and narrow. And so I didn't really want to feel this and I didn't want to yeah. feel this. So I just, you're in numb. Yes. Yeah. And I came out of that and I feel now like in my forties, I'm like, I really want to live this and I really want to live this. But at the end, no matter what, if I'm high or low, it's all going to be good. It's all gravy. Like I'm okay. Cause I have lived the highs and the lows and I feel good. Like, yeah. I think no matter what, I'm going to be okay. I think that's your superpower. <laughs> no, <I won't>. really. <laughs> I mean, that's resiliency, right? Yeah. I, I, where does that come from? Um, probably some childhood stuff. Like my mom and dad are awesome. Always just kind of had this odd, like the sun will come out tomorrow. I think no matter what, even if it's terrible the night before, or it's really great, tomorrow is a new day. And until that stops being the truth, until our world is done and there is no tomorrow, things can be okay. We'll, we'll figure it out. You yeah. know, I got another chance tomorrow to be better, to be worse or whatever it is. Totally. I'm going to be what it is. So. Totally. Yeah. So how do you want to be remembered? Definitely as someone who was kind, who was um, lived life to the fullest. Like that's mm -hmm. a big one. Loved learning and mm -hmm. loved teaching. Mm -hmm. um, loved sharing. I think it, in a way it's like someone who made life just this, this much better by being in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's never been about like, oh, she created this or won that. Like, I, whatever. I'd do it yeah. even if I didn't win or create. It's fine. I, I think it's more about like, yeah, for me, like feeling like, hey, I was better for knowing Mandy. Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh, I, I should ask you this. Though, and, <laughs> and then we got to start wrapping up, which I don't want to do because I'm enjoying myself too much. But, um, and you're too nice to say. <laughs> no, I like this. So, well, what's your go-to feel-good empowerment song? Because you're a real music person. Oh my gosh. I know it's almost not a fair question because I spend my whole life with music all day, every day. What's your current one? What's your current one? Because I'm sure it probably changes, right? 
I don't oh, know. yeah. There's actually this song I love uh, by this band called Little Chief, and it's called Mountain Song. Okay. It's got these beautiful drums in it, and the build is incredible, and it just reminds me of being a, a kid in Colorado and driving with my dad and seeing the sunrise over the mountains. Like, it's just one of those songs where you're like, yes, I think I could climb mountains listening to this song. <laughs> I just really love it. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And do you, do you use it as a, as a sort of tool for yourself sometimes? Like, do you actually oh, yeah. consciously choose to play it? Oh, yeah. I do that with a lot of songs. You know, yeah. I have hundreds of playlists. My house is always filled with music. And that's the one thing I noticed about myself lately. I was like, well, I don't think everybody's like this. <laughs> you know, I oh, have music going all the time. And, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So I'm going to say what makes you, and I'm just going to pull out a word and whatever first thing comes to your head or take your time or whatever. There are no rules. Okay. So what makes you hungry? <laughs> hungry. Um, I don't know if I know the word for this. Um, inability. Oh, I get it. Yeah. So that makes you hungry because you want more. You want to fit. You want to learn. Yeah. Learning. I want to learn. Yeah. So you feel starved when you have inability, I guess yeah. you're saying. Does that yeah, make Yeah, for sure. Got that's it. Actually. Yeah. The, that's right. I know. I was like, I know there's a word for this. Like, no, I'm, no it makes I'm sense. feeling like the connection here. No, I hear yeah. you. I hear you. And of course, what a surprise. It's a food metaphor. Okay. Um, okay. What makes you laugh? Life moments. <laughs> mm. What makes you cry? Um, connection. Mm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. What makes you inspired? Happiness. Frustrated. Miscommunication. Motivated. Experiences. Mad. Ignorance. And grateful. Life. <laughs> yeah. Amen. What are the top three things that happened so far today? See, I went to my favorite coffee shop here, Prado, and I got eggs on toast and a latte, and it's absolutely heaven. Second thing, I FaceTimed with my mom, dad, and my sister. I had a Yay. little catch up. It was really beautiful. And then third, I got to chat with you. This is really awesome. Made my brain and my heart think. I liked it. Oh, ditto. It's been like an absolute pleasure. Um, no, really, I, I cannot, you know, I cannot thank you enough. Um, what are you most looking forward to today? I'll take a little moment of reflection. Just think about what just happened. I think that's good. And then I think I'm going to take a walk. I love a walk. It's just by the sea. You can just go walk for a while, listen to some music. So I'm going to do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. That sounds amazing. Mandy, again, I so appreciate you taking time to be in the moment with me today. Really. It's been tremendous. Yay. Beautiful. Thank you, Lisa. Yeah. I've been speaking today with Mandy Moore. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and healthy, everyone. And remember to live in the moment. In music, stop time is that beautiful moment where the band is suspended in rhythmic unison, supporting the soloist to express their individuality. In the moment, I encourage you to take that time and create your own rhythm. Until next time, I'm Lisa Hopkins. Thanks for listening.